gonna turn it to a show Just to show this ain't a joke I'm never gonna choke when I'm tying up the rope So here we fucking go It's time to get real gas It's finally here at last It's the doom and gloom podcast It's finally here at last It's the doom and gloom podcast It's finally here at last Doom and gloom podcast It's finally here at last The doom and gloom podcast Welcome to episode 16 of the doom and gloom podcast uh, It's been a while my name's Ian, uh, and in this episode I'm talking with Jack from Modern Streets Apparel. I can only apologise for how bad some of the audio quality is. On my side it didn't save, uh, but luckily Jack have recorded it as well. So his uh, side sounds brilliant, and my side sounds like I'm talking through a tin can. So it's been an absolute, well it's been ages since I've done a podcast, I think it's like two and a half months. Feeling rusty. It's been so long, um, and then I think you kind of stood out as someone I've wanted to have on for a while. And then obviously when you responded, I was like, yes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Cause you've kind of been, I guess, standing out quite a lot to me. Like I, I like the, um, where you, where you like film yeah. yourself and you, you're talking to people. I think that works really well. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I, I sort of, with that, I sort of just went through this little phase of originally when you start off, it's very easy to sort of be like we we all the time and it's it is literally just me so i was like why am i constantly saying we and stuff like that when really it's just me behind the brand and i feel like i, I listened to the book by uh, bobby hundreds the this is not a t-shirt and obviously how it was about them building up their brand and stuff but obviously a big emphasis on that personal touch and that your brand is is very much an extension of yourself a lot of the time and i felt like well Maybe I need to drop the whole we and become more me and I. And to do that, I should probably put my face to the product more and just sort of be a bit more a bit more vocal with myself and, and showcasing the behind the scenes a lot more as well to try and emphasise that it is a sort of a, a one-man brand is the way I describe it. So mm, I think it's definitely needed. It's quite interesting you mentioned Bobby 100 because uh, I've wanted that book. I think I've asked for like my Christmas and birthday that's coming up. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I take a lot of influence and stuff from him as well as I think I've mentioned like Johnny Cupcakes. Yeah. Um, which is why recently I was like, I really want like a mascot or some kind of like thing. Because like the Bobby Hundreds, the Adam Bombers. Yes. Massive, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Just trying to work out what to do and where to go with it. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it is just uh, you've, how long have you been like running your own brand for? Uh, so I, I started this technically in January this year, um, but it was a very different direction. Um, so when I'm not doing this, I'm a wedding photographer. And over winter, when weddings are usually a little quieter, I go out with some friends and do a lot of street photography um, until this year when everything's just gone up in smoke. But normally I go out over winter and do street photography just because the light is usually quite nice. You get the lower sun sort of throughout the day, which means you get those really long drawn out shadows and stuff so it's great for street photography um but then i sort of was taking pictures and and my original attempt of doing this at the start of the year was to turn my street photography images into t-shirt designs Uh, and that's how it originally started up i basically started doing some t-shirt designs using the street photography images however that becomes a whole sort of loophole in what you can put on a t-shirt what you can't put on a t-shirt you know, it, it's great going out and taking pictures of like cool graffiti with people maybe walking by and things like that. But is that someone else's work because it's their graffiti? Have I made it my own? Because 
in one of the instances I had a t-shirt where there was an, a, an old lady and an old man in this picture on this graffiti and a lady walking past looked just like the lady in the graffiti so you've sort of created your own art out of it but it still becomes a bit of a loophole of that is someone else's sort of art on the wall to begin with and yeah it just became a very hard thing to push and I think having done and read a lot of sort of like marketing bits and pieces and like apparel workshop type of things online a lot of it you know it's, it's all about sort of really sort of get finding your niche and really narrowing down on that target audience and I just feel like it was a very hard thing to push to people really without me sort of finding these weird loopholes in the designs and what you could and couldn't use so I then decided um, at the end of I think it was like end of May sort of time to basically scrap um, that entire idea kept the name the modern streets name stayed but scrapped all the designs and just went back to the drawing boards um had a couple of it was all around the time when most of my wedding couples were cancelled like moving their weddings and cancelling this and cancelling that so i had this weird sort of these weird few weeks of just literally pulling my hair out from one business that just seemed to be you know moving weddings left right and center and then two my sort of modern street stuff was just going through this entire rebrand and this re- this rethinking process and it didn't help that the company I was using for all my printing turned out to just be useless and just weren't replying to emails and I went like three weeks without a response from them so I was just pulling my hair out I had orders outstanding that they were meant to fulfill and just all sorts of stuff was just going on and it was just a nightmare um, and thankfully so I came through the right end and, and took it in a different direction and I felt like since as soon as I relaunched it in July with this new direction, things have actually potentially snow not snowed, I wouldn't say snowball because it's by far not a big thing, but it's definitely been better received with this new sort of direction. It's definitely taken it down the path that I think is probably a bit more relatable to what I'm into as well, like the sort of punk rock culture thing. It ties into that nicely. Um so yeah, I feel like it's sort of actually been a worthwhile turn in direction. But yeah, I, I'm sort of now saying that even though I started in January, so to speak, um, it was a total relaunch, redesign entirely from the ground up. So really, that was from July this year. Okay, nice. I was, I was going to ask where the name came from, but I guess that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that sort of more that, you know, I've, I've sort of got the little phrase that comes on the front of all the t-shirts, which says, these streets are ours, and it's meant to be that whole, you know, that whole punk rock type of political stance, and that's sort of what I just sort of wanted to keep on all the t-shirts as well, And but I, that sort of came as well from the street photography, from the idea of, you know, these are our streets, and that we do have a big say in, as to what goes on with them, and you know, and, and how we sort of look after them and stuff like that, so. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you obviously, you said, like, um, Bobby Hundreds. Have you heard of uh, Rebel Ape? You kind of have a similar origin story as him, I guess. I've not, no. I'd have to have a nosy. I'd have to have a look. Was yeah, he's massive in, uh, like, the San Francisco area in America. Right, okay. He started doing um, photography of graffiti, just kind of documenting it. Yeah. And then started to... I think I think he started to put it on T-shirts. Yeah. He started to do his own designs and stuff. But he's yeah, he's massive now. So I'll have to have a look. Jumped my memory. I was like, that's kind of a similar story. Yeah, so. yeah. I just I just thought I didn't want to get into that whole like copyright issue with putting other people's work onto T-shirts and sort of saying, well, you make it your own because there's people passing through the frame and all sorts of stuff. But it just became a bit of a yeah, a bit of a nightmare. And obviously, I was also then limited to 
when I could go out and shoot. And obviously during wedding season, when it was nice and bright, that was quite hard. And then obviously going out in the winter, it's freezing cold and it's the north of the UK. So it's like an awful lot of rain. So it just meant like trying to come up with new content all the time was actually a bit more restrictive. Um, and obviously there's only so many times you can walk around Manchester shooting similar-ish things. To, you know, you want to try and diver diversify it, but that is obviously when you're busy, isn't always that easy. So this solution now with this different sort of retake and these illustrated designs does mean you can sort of work it into your own time without having to leave the house to go and chase it and stuff. So yeah, that makes it a bit easier as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what other things has kind of led you to this point? I know you said you've done like photography yeah. you had doing a brand did you mention you were in a band before uh yeah so i've been in band since i was like 16 years old so like last year of high school i just decided that sports was no longer for me and that music became my passion and i was in band since sort of high school through college all the way through university after university i took a little bit of time out when my wedding business went full time just to sort of make sure that i was in the right place with that uh, and then got back on it again probably about 18 months ago and started a new band with some friends that I'd sort of been in bands with before or that we've crossed paths from playing in the music scene for sort of like 16 years. So we sort of put together this band called Yesteryears and it's just a passion project, but back doing that again. But all the way through being in bands, I've always had a, a good sort of hand in doing the CD artwork, badge design, flyers, gig posters, t-shirt designs. I've always wanted to sort of have that creative element. And I think it's because I've been the singer in the band. So obviously my job is to write lyrics and do and sort of come up with melodies and stuff. But I'm not usually like the person who does the foundation stuff. We normally would build songs up from, you know, guitar first and then bass, drums, etc. It would sort of build from there and then I'd put my stamp to it on the ends and with the, the sort of the design side of it, I've always been able to sort of build it myself from the ground up, and I always wanted to have that little extra thing because most people would make jokes about singers, you know, you know, oh, you just walk in and perform and walk away, and you'd have no gear to take in or out. But I sort of threw myself at being the merch guy as well, so I was always, as well as designing the merch, I was always selling the merch and stuff like that. And I feel like when yeah, I, I did, yeah, go I on. did wonder if that's how it kind of all tied in together. Like, yeah, yeah. Been in the band, you've done a bit of the merch, and then you photography and then going oh hang on oh, yeah yeah that's it it all sort of linked in nicely so having run a wedding photography business and having the photography side of it and, and the business side of it you know in terms of like marketing and advertising and, and bits and pieces it, it slowly all sort of started to tick boxes um, even things like I worked in retail while I was in bands and stuff um, I had part time jobs in retail so again customer service all them sort of things it just led to one thing to the next to me then launching modern streets and hopefully putting it in the right direction so but yeah music especially is, is a big sort of part of the brand and and i think that the background from music is what's led me to really enjoy sort of pushing t-shirts and and expressing yourself through t-shirts and through artwork because there's not many types of clothing where you can be so creative and, and so sort of and get a message across so easily as with t-shirts really so yeah definitely is it um yeah yeah typically apart from this year it's pretty much been my full-time job now for about four years and i'm coming i think as of next month i'll be doing i've been doing it for eight years weddings so yeah that's sort of my bread and butter for now you never know if the t-shirts did sort of grow enough then 
you know, I'd probably look at lowering the amount of weddings I take on per year as the sort of if, if the brand was able to grow. Um, I've got that sort of mentality where if I do something new, if I'm passionate about it, it's like a hundred and ten percent. There is no sort of like, oh, I'll just I'll just do it as a, as a bit of fun. And we know it's like you, you scroll through Instagram and every five minutes there's a brand following you that's done, you know, three posts in three months and has nothing to show for it. But they can tell people they've got a brand, but the idea of actually pushing it, you know as well, it's probably, it's a lot of work, you know. I don't think I knew until I started doing it how much work's involved. And then suddenly, you you know, you've got to be a dab hand at everything. And there's an awful lot of noise to sort of break through to try and get people to take notice of what you're doing and that's very similar again to you know being in bands and stuff every person when I was younger was in a band and everyone was fighting to try and get people's attention and it's similar this to this now I guess with with, with clothing brands especially with print-on-demand services being there you simply have to put pen to paper and suddenly you've got items that you can sell so yeah I think um, there's a lot to it that you didn't I didn't expect there to be there but you know I do enjoy it that's it, isn't it? There's something like, I think it's, well, they both are. Like, the clothing brand is something very romantic about it, as well as being an yeah. actual band and, and performing. But it's the realistic side of it is that it's so hard and it's absolutely relentless, isn't it? It's just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, every day, if you're, not, if you're not hustling every day, then you know about it. You know, you can very much see sales can drop off, our reach can drop off, especially at the level that I am. You know, five months into it, it's, it's like climbing Everest at the moment. You know, you've really got to, dig deep and, and push through to try and get it to, to to cut through the noise that's the thing isn't it? and then like even doing that it sometimes feels like what you're doing doesn't reach people or doesn't engage them enough and then you're like what like what am i doing is this yeah. is this work is it pointless continuing i've seen that quite a few brands have just kind of stopped for good this year or gone i'm gonna wait until after christmas and hopefully things will all be sorted it's just been a hell of a year isn't it so it's a really interesting yeah. time for you to start yeah yeah but at the same time i guess with with high street stores you know being closed for a certain period of time and that's forcing people to shop online does that put us in a slightly better position to some extent um i, I don't i don't quite know but obviously and again that you know the news the last couple of couple of weeks about you know arcadia group and debenhams and that obviously falls over like top man top shop these are sort of like flagship stores that we've we've known for you know forever really um but then suddenly they're under threat so does that again leave room for these sort of smaller boutique sort of independent brands to sort of come through now that some of the the bigger industry ones are maybe collapsing a little bit i i sort of feel there's a there's a huge shift in sort of boutiques and smaller cultural sort of stores so i don't know like uh, especially in wigan you know we've had we had pubs left right and center and obviously like most places a lot of pubs have closed but then now these little micro bars are popping up and and they seem to be doing really really well and it's almost like things that are going into smaller units seems to be the solution where back in the day it was almost bigger is better huge supermarkets and now look at tesco under fire from aldi and lidl who've got these tiny little stores but gives them allows them to have cheaper prices and bits and pieces competing with the big four supermarkets and i sort of feel like is that what's going to happen to clothing you know some of these big clothing giants are going to struggle but then suddenly if you're running a smaller store and do pop-up shops or just get really small spaces to work from could you actually do you know just as well because 
people like the idea now of maybe transitioning to smaller shopping as opposed to big shops? I don't know. I think you're right. I think people like the idea of helping support um, like indie brands. Or yeah. I've seen a lot of people posting that, like, oh, we should shop local. Like, yeah, if you yeah. Thing, or, you know, someone who does, like, yeah. tag me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Them, All the time. On Amazon, you're like, oh, that's cool. But yeah. Yeah. But you, you, know, you never know. And I think there's, like, a big shift in the idea. You know, like, I think it's Instagram. People want that thing that's, you know, for the gram, as they would say. Um, and you see these bars and certain places now opening restaurants and stuff that are almost purposely playing on the idea that people are going to want to have a photo at their establishment. So let's put a like let's put a bathtub with balls in it so you can sit in there and get your picture taken. Oh, look at this glorious flower wall filled with neon signs that you can stand in front of and get a picture taken. People want that element of you know being able to showcase what they're doing and all the glamour that comes with it. And I feel like that influencer sort of influence, I guess, is sort of rubbed off um, and it's rubbing off to sort of other places as well to try and make things picture worthy for the sake of the internet. And that's sort of why I've changed my packaging. You know, I've moved away from having the idea of having like a, a poly mailer or even a custom poly mailer so that it's a, it's a box, it's a bit more interactive. And that's why I've taken that direction off the fact that I know people will probably do a boomerang of them opening it. And it's advertising and it's part of the experience. And I want people to have that experience, again, as a way to fight through the noise of brands that are probably similar to myself. Might not be exactly the same, but I'm not saying what I'm doing is reinventing the wheel. Um, but, you know, it's a big part of the culture that I'm into. So I enjoy doing it. And I think people like what I'm doing. Um, but the box becomes that experience where people go, oh, yeah, this is a bit fun. It's a bit more interactive and it's a bit of more of a surprise, I guess. So it's worth a shot. Mm, I think I think you're right with that. Anything you can do to try and stand out is, is kind of key. Um, have you seen Have you seen Johnny Cupcake stuff before? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I know he does like the the, the shops are designed to look like sort of cupcake stores. I know obviously when he originally launched it, it caused all sorts of people going, "Oh, I thought it was a cake shop," and they've been queuing up and stuff. Um, but again, it's, yeah, it, it, it works. The, the yeah, of like making your brand <clears throat> unique, isn't it, so that people talk about it? Yeah, and absolutely. That, like the tiny thing of the box and like. I've seen people draw stuff in the inside. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, yeah. that's like a picture or like a weird quote or something. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I know what people sometimes do when they order pizza, don't they? They sometimes ask the driver for some weird request and some people put it on yeah. the inside of the lids of the pizza boxes and bits and pieces. So, But it's, it's the stuff that goes viral for free, effectively, that is the best type of stuff sometimes. So... You know, I'm just I just sort of like the idea of creating more of an, a shop experience for people because I don't have obviously brick and mortar stores. So really, that experience of when it comes through the door is the equivalent of them going into the shop. So I'm trying to create that experience to see if they've come into the shop in the best way I can, but just through delivering the box instead. Yeah, it's a really good thought actually. It's, uh makes a lot of sense and then yeah like you're saying it's that free advertising isn't it yeah opening it reacting boomerang tagging you then you can share it yeah exactly with that as well don't they they like it when brands share their content yeah yeah Yeah. and obviously the more followers you get the more rewarding it feels for them because you you know we we know what it's like for ourselves if someone with a lot of followers shares your content you're like oh great we might see some growth from it, might see some new customers from it, might make some new friends from it, whichever way it goes. But it's a similar thing to that for them, I guess. If you know, if you share the photos, they might be like, ah, oh, sweet, like he shared my picture. You know, it's that 
and it's it's nice because I think it's a good way of showing appreciation. You know, like at this level, it's, you know, every coaster to me, it's like I'm so grateful. Like every time, if my phone pings to say you've got a sale. I'm always looking for the closest person to high five and be like, oh, someone's bought something, <laughs> you know. So I know, and I never want that feeling to sort of disappear. It's the same with when you, you know, if I book weddings, it's really nice because, like you said, there are, there is a lot of noise or a competition, so to speak, in the in this industry and in these fields. So for someone to pick you out from the crowd and go, you know what? No, I'm going to get that from that brand. It's nice. It's nice. It's, not, it's a nice feeling. So. I do hope that never never disappears, even if you if you were selling at massive scales and stuff. I think it's always important to to appreciate the the, the value the customers you know are putting in for you and, and putting the effort to make your purchase over anyone else's stuff. Definitely, because every sale is a step closer to effectively us having our dream of running this full time. And so yeah, absolutely. Like I, I was saying to my wife and daughter, you know, I, I'd love. I, I've been going to Affleck's Palace in Manchester forever, you know, this alternative hub of clothing stores and stuff. And I would love to be able to say eventually that we have a little unit in that and we're pressing T-shirts and make it look like a bit of like a pizza sort of takeaway place and be pressing the T-shirts there and then for people when they order them so that they when they actually go into the box, they're still hot from the process of how they're made. I, I think that's, you know, I'd love that. I would love that. Um, but obviously got to keep hustling to potentially try and chase that idea of, of doing that so is that kind of uh, what you're aiming towards then to get to that level where you can start doing that i'd love to yeah i think i'd sort of love to obviously like you could scale it in in loads of ways you know i'd, I'd love to the point where i could get a big enough unit uh, almost like an industrial space that you have your shopping where you sort of the shop front a perspex area where you're making t-shirts and people can see that you're making them and to the side of that there could be like a, a skate area for skateboarders with a stage above it so bands can play so you could literally have it all in one place i'd love the idea of that eventually but you know it's, it's that's like that's the big dream i think that's when you're sort of really pushing but i think that's what you know that would be my end sort of aim it would be to have something like that where you could literally put all that punk rock culture of t-shirt designs making the t-shirts people skateboarding getting a bite to eat just hanging out and then in the evenings having live music on while people are skateboarding and have a viewing gallery so to watch all that and stuff i'd love that you know it would literally put all the things that i love into one room which would be amazing but obviously it's baby steps and obviously i'm obviously constantly watching and, and seeing the news about how high street stores are affected and bits and pieces so You've got to just keep your ear to the ground and say, well, would that even be a logical idea? Or would it be, you know, overheads and expenses that would just cripple you? Because um, obviously at the moment, I'm just baking everything from my office in the house, which is in quite a small space, really, to do all this from. But it's, you know, I'm making it work and it's orders are going out nice and quickly. Um, but this is this is all part of the story, I guess. If someone asks you this in 10 years time, if you ever were able to achieve something, knowing that you've come from pressing t-shirts and stuff in, in, in your office in the house and then obviously growing it is all part of the journey and it's all part of the excitement I think of it of doing a brand yeah it's that next step isn't it Whereas, yeah like we said before there's loads of people that want to do brands and they start and they have like a couple of posts or or whatever and then they go around and follow a lot of people and they want it but then they obviously don't want it enough to put in all the effort and yeah. the, the slog of like how many years it takes to actually move into a, a unit to start selling bigger quantities absolutely yeah absolutely i think hats off to anyone who gets to that point because 
<laughs> when you start doing it, you realize that it's, you know, it's, you set off with your, your new walking shoes and your backpack and you're like, here we go, we're going to climb Everest. And then you get to the summit of it and you look up and you just go, oh God, like, what are we doing? <laughs> and I think like you said, that for a lot of people that's off-putting, they'll turn back and just be like, nah, I'm not doing it. Um, but like you said, that the ones who get to the top of that peak, they've definitely, definitely, you know, put their heart and soul into getting there because I don't think it's an easy thing to scale. I don't think it's something that you, you can just do unless you're, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of industries have the similar thing where there is the, the one golden ticket where someone just does something and drops on. You know, I see it all the time with like bands that, you know, I we were gigging for years and years and years. You know, we were doing tons of shows like we were if we weren't gigging once or twice a week it was unusual for us like we played everything but then suddenly a band would just come out of nowhere overnight and be like oh yeah they've just signed to such a thing it's like what they've not even put a song online which means they've signed to something um you know and, and they, just had that look, didn't they? they just had something and right place yeah. at the right time and, and i don't know if there's any brands out there that have been like that and but you know there probably is the one that just happened to have that you know a friend who's successful who put it on overnight and then suddenly boom here come the sales and it and it scales from there but for you know 99.9 percent .9 of us we are that sort of that DIY punk vibe of you've just got to do this yourself and if you want it you will chase it you know and that's the ones that the, who are doing well you know hats off to them because they've obviously gone through that and had to put the effort in yeah I think that's it I think there's a couple of brands where you can see they've just dumped a load of money into advertising and possibly bought a load of followers yeah I think I think they've, they've, as, as soon as you hit that like 10,000 follower mark it feels like it doesn't really matter because people just start snowballing in yeah, yeah, I guess that, that's sort of with the buying the followers, it's the idea of faking it till you make it. I've, I've very much shied away from from doing it um, just because, again, they're not going to buy, the people that, who follow you aren't real accounts, so you're not going to get any sales from it. You just, I guess you're sort of giving the illusion that people are interested in the brand that maybe potential customers will fall into the trap of buying from you because they think it's authentic. And, and, and that's why I've sort of gone down the route of, putting my face more to the brand and doing more behind the scenes so that if people have any self-doubt and saying, oh, you know, is this another brand or is it just another Instagram full of mock-up photos, they can actually see that, no, you know what, this guy is actually in the office sweating away, pressing T-shirts and stuff. So, you know, I think that's why I went down that route as well. It's just It just gives potential customers the idea of, no, no, this is a real person and I am, I am doing this um, for enjoyment because I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it seems to be the thing that um, helps smaller brands grow quicker is to show that side of it. Yeah. Like you're saying, the behind the brands um, side, and it's something that I don't do anywhere near enough, which is why I kind of wanted to start this, is to try and yeah. talk to people, chat to them, get their experiences, learn from them, see kind of what's going on, and offer some of that behind the scenes for other people, because there's quite yeah. a lot of people that want to start the brands or to have started brands that want advice and, yeah, and all yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, get, I do get I do get the odd message about you know people asking for advice and bits and pieces when and I always feel like such a like a bit of a fraud because I'm like guys I'm like five months into doing this myself you know um, yeah don't want to spend it's like I'm happy to give advice to anyone but I'm like only a couple of steps ahead of most people so like 
it's not, you know, you know, it's literally just keep going, try yeah. stuff, fail yeah. at things. The amount of stuff I've failed at or done wrong recently is, is unbelievable. So yeah, but I say you should try. Yeah, I see. It's, but, a, it's a learning curve. Uh, is I do like the idea of yeah chatting to anyone and brands as well. That's something that I keep I, I've mentioned I think on every episode. Just like to try and build that community of brands almost because I see it in America, but I don't really see it here. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that entirely. You know, I, I've I've sometimes like comments on people's stories, um, not even like asking for info, but just general chit chat, and it's almost been like ah oh, well you know can't really tell you too much about it because you know competitors and stuff like that. And I've been pretty much like an open book for mine, really. People have asked me about, you know, how I'm, what I'm using to press T-shirts and bits and pieces, and you know, but I don't feel like it necessarily necessarily impede me, so to speak, because at the same time, when I've given any brands advice, they've usually returned it with advice to me that's worked out really well. So, you know, it's sort of like give and take, I guess. Mm, I think it's better to have more competition anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, definitely what keeps you keeps your momentum going. You know, it's is it's healthy. If you were the only person doing it, it probably wouldn't be as enjoyable, to be honest. Sure. Um, so, how have you found Instagram? Do you, do you feel like it's throttling your reach, or are you kind of doing okay with it at the moment? See, see loads of people. Yeah. And yeah. It just constantly changes, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I don't even know what they're trying to change to because. I've definitely seen the same thing and I literally saw literally watched a YouTube video yesterday where a guy was saying about how he feels like it's almost like they're intentionally trying to trying to tank the platform you know um, he said in a weird way he said I don't get what they're playing at because it's almost like they're just crippling stuff and then bringing new things out like they're even unsure themselves with what they're doing with it uh, but my, my wedding profile especially like I can post stuff and no matter what time of day I post I'll look at the insights and I'll try different things and the reach on that is just so bad. Like I noticed even my Instagram stories, which used to do really, really well. I used to finish with about four to 500 views um, per post on my stories by the time it was due to sort of clear off. And that's just gone down to sort of like maybe 150, 100. So I've seen a huge drop of like, you know, at least a quarter or a fifth of what I was getting with that. Um, and, and even again, even some, of the, even some of the picture likes and stuff, you can see that the reach has just disappeared. The modern street stuff, probably not as noticeable. Um, it frustrates me that I can post something on that with less followers and get more engagement on the modern streets than I do on the wedding stuff. Um, but I did notice over Black Friday and Cyber Monday weekends that my likes probably were probably about half of what they were getting before. I know, so I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that was just something to do with the algorithm saying, well, we know everyone's fighting for some you know, so for their audiences over this weekend, so we're just going to rein everyone's reach back because come Tuesday... Yeah, they, they knew the bands, uh, brands would then pay for the advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but come Tuesday, I noticed it sort of started to creep back up again. So it's, there's definitely been a big red button that's been pressed for four days and just said, nah, you're going to have to pay for this reach if you want it, which is obviously frustrating, but it's the risk that we run on free platforms, I guess. You know, it's... Um, the idea of not putting all your eggs into one basket and trying to, you know, make sure you're active on more than one platform. But, you know, Instagram, especially for brands, is such a big one because it's so photo based. And obviously we're trying to showcase, you know, our clothing and our designs and, and what we're selling. So it's, it's you know, you're not going to sell that just by doing a Facebook post with no picture. It would it just wouldn't work. You can't sell it on on text alone. It's a, it's a visual platform, Instagram, and that's why that's why we're depending on it. 
you tried other platforms and stuff to try and push your following and, and gain more on them, or are you just sticking with Instagram at the moment? Very much heavy on Instagram, mainly because I can't quite think of the content I'd put on TikTok, to be honest. I think, you know, doing time lapses of me doing t-shirts, things like that is great, but in the sense that it shows the behind the scenes, which I feel like is, is suitable for Instagram. But I think TikTok, it's more about creating entertaining posts. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't feel like it's hard for me to sort of go on to TikTok and try and entertain someone with t-shirt designs, you know, because it just makes it a little bit harder. And I think if I went on to TikTok, TikTok I can't even say it now, a TikTok to do helpful advice, on building a clothing brand I think there'd be more scope and leverage to do that but I feel like just showcasing your designs would be harder unless you started doing stuff where it was catwalk type of shoots or you know how you more like a lookbook I feel like you could do a lookbook more with that but I'd have to go through my wardrobe and see if I had anything that's worth matching up other than skinny jeans of a t-shirt <laughs> so i think that's where i think that's where tiktok could come in would it would be doing lookbooks and, and showing people how you can dress t-shirts and dress them with certain things to get different looks but you need an extensive wardrobe beyond your own clothing i think to do that as well yeah it's definitely hard for brands on tiktok i haven't really seen very many do well other than kind of like the high fashion type yeah yeah yeah, I, I do follow one. Um, there's a girl I followed. I think she basically said she'd grown her account to sort of like over 10,000. But she's very much doing the normal, the usual TikTok thing. So if there's a dancer song trending, she's doing that in her brand, basically. Um, so she's sort of just, on, just engaging with what is trending, I think, a lot of the time. And she does do her own stuff as well. But I think she's quite happy to go out there and just be a TikTok user like most TikTok users are. I think it, coming at it from a business perspective, like I'm not going to be dancing around in my office <laughs> in my clothes and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's just not, I can't use it for that. I'd have to take a different take on it entirely. I think for me to, to jump on the platform and use it effectively. Yeah, and no, I'm the same. I think the worry I have though is that I've kind of put so much into Instagram if it literally went away tomorrow. I think a lot of us would be really screwed. Yeah. That's kind of what I have in my head as well. Like, yeah, what, what is there to do? What, yeah. I mean, what should you be pushing and where should you go? Because Instagram is such like a hub for stuff at the moment. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously the, the engagement, because um, the algorithm isn't throttling in the same way, is is really good. Um, but like you said, you, you content. I know content is king, but it's, it's coming up with the right content to suit the platform. And I think that's where I'd probably struggle a little bit other than, like, I've tried Instagram Reels a little bit, but again, it sort of works because it's in context with the rest of my feed. So it, it ties in with what you're seeing on my Instagram stories. It ties into what you're seeing on the, on the feed itself. But to put that on a standalone platform that is primarily based around them short videos similar to what Reels are, I just don't think it would work. I don't think people would engage with it and I don't think people would be overly interested in watching it because... TikTok is very much, I think, is more of an entertainment platform. Yeah, so I always see stuff like that, and you kind of said doing the uh, how to build a brand side of it. It's like all that stuff seems a lot easier to do once you're at a level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you already had 
10,000 followers on Instagram, it'd be very easy to start going, oh, this is how I built my brand and do like videos yeah. Or, yeah. or showcasing it on TikTok and, and spreading it more. But at this level, it's so hard to try and gain it. Yeah, yeah, and even then, it's the end goal for most of our for most clothing brands is to sell to customers. Where doing how to build a brand is very much more a business to business approach because you're then appealing to people who want to run their own brand as opposed to people who want to buy from your brand. I mean, you might get a bit of customers from it, but I, I you know, are they going to be the the clients that you want in, in the sense of customers to buy your brand as opposed to just take the information that you're giving. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. And like I said, like I mentioned before, I, I don't feel like I've been doing this for long enough to go on there and, and, and do it for the brand. I could go on there and do it for weddings quite comfortably because I took a wedding business from six weddings a year to 60 weddings a year. I could go on there and talk about the story and what I've done for that and what people should look for and, and, and how to approach it. But to do that for a brand that's been going for sort of five months would definitely be a little bit uh, a bit fake, I think. Yeah, it would be a hard one to sell, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't, don't really have the merit to, to sort of push that, really, you know. So, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see what where, where TikTok eventually leads to. Yeah. Um, so do you do all your own designs, or do you have, like, one artist you use? Or... Ah, a few different artists. So some of the designs I just stumble across. Um, I have a separate Instagram account where I follow a ton of different designers, uh, I just use that particular account just to have a feed full of designers and I'll just scroll through it and have a look at what sort of what people are throwing out and stuff um, and I'll sometimes see ideas in there that I like um, alternatively I've found designers who I love their style um, and I'll then put together like a little pdf with like a mood board if you will of images and, and an idea and I'll I'll use Procreate myself on the iPad to draw it very, very badly because it's not my strongest point at all. So I'll just sort of stick, draw a concept and send some pictures to go with it and ask people to sort of basically turn that into a design for me. So I can design stuff and I can come up with ideas and but the actual execution of putting it to pen to paper isn't where I'm any good. So I do pay people for all my designs to sort of turn them into real life designs. But some of them come from my concepts some of them come from other people's ideas um nine times out of ten i'll change wording and things like that to sort of tie it into the brand or something music related and stuff like that so i'll see something and i'll instantly come up with like a title for it and i'll, I'll sort of be like oh i'll take that and then i'll i'll change the colors and i'll you know do bits and pieces myself because i can do all that i just couldn't physically draw it myself but i, I can sort of then manipulate it to give it the look that I want that suits the brand. Yeah, I'm very much the same. That I have loads of ideas and stuff. It's just very hard to get something looking as good as I'd want it to be yeah. able to sell it on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if there was a market for people buying really badly drawn T-shirts, I would probably be all right. But, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with letting the professionals do it because my degree is in digital media design, so things like... Um, Photoshop and, and bits and pieces, but it wasn't necessarily the drawing side of it. It was more, you know, business cards, flyers, bits and pieces like that. So putting all my site together is is easy enough, and any sort of swing tags and thank you cards and bits and pieces I can do. Um, but the actual designs of the t-shirts isn't necessarily the strongest part when it comes to actually hand drawn illustration. Mm, that's really cool. I 
yeah, I wondered if it was just that you were buying them or if you had an input. So it's good that you're. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's good to sort of have a an input in it because there is a particular look that I, I like to go for. Um, a lot of them is, is a lot of mine is school based designs. Whether that's some of the designs are more sort of eco conscious. So whether it's to do with a lot of like littering or there's the surfs up t-shirt with the skeleton guy riding on the coat bottle um, and things like that so they're, they're all sort of deprived from what I've come up with and stuff uh, and then there's the odd one where like the game over t-shirt people like that one but when I got it it didn't say what it says now and I sort of was like oh let's put again a little bit of an eco-friendly sort of twist to it which basically then says try again to save the world yes or no and it's game over and it's that sort of again that little nod of you know what are we doing to ourselves at times yeah so you're trying to tie every design together to your brand which makes sense because yeah. like, again i've seen that where other brands just have like oh this will be a popular design this will be popular and you're like how does all this work together it doesn't make any sense like yeah yeah i mean i try and keep most of mine school based um so i was i was reading the stephen king book uh the stand which is quite interesting because obviously it's about like a virus that takes up most of the people in the world, uh, which is fitting time given coronavirus. So I was, re yeah. I was li reading that book and one of the guys in that is called Trash, which made me laugh because a lot of the school-based designs that I have, the some some of them are sort of have a little bit of that, like you said, that little nod to you know trash and, and rubbish within the, the sort of environment that he's in. So I decided to nickname that guy Trash so I think most of my designs are based around a school-based character um, a lot of the time. The odd ones aren't because, you know, it is a punk rock culture brand, so the odd skateboard design or bits and pieces just sort of tie in a little bit. But I, I didn't want to go down the sort of the route of, you know, traditional tattoos and tattoo-inspired. And even though I've got a ton of tattoos, it's just not the direction I wanted to go down because I'm very much more of a music's my background and i can speak about talk with people about music all day every day and listen to it all day every day i love that so i wanted to sort of go down more the more of an umbrella of its punk rock culture because that's just what i've sort of come from myself playing in bands for so long and stuff and i felt it was more authentic to myself you know i think if people are doing traditional or punk brands but then it's not what they're into and they, you know they're going to go and sit there listen to justin bieber for hours and end it's sort of like you, you know you, you sort of it's not authentic and i think eventually people would probably get caught out with it to be honest so yeah i think, I think stuff like that does end up showing through doesn't it yeah so. you've got to definitely stay true to what you're doing you know i i purposely if i if i ever put music to a video i wouldn't go and pick something because it's trending on tiktok or it's trending on instagram reels you know it's going to be a band that i'm into it's going to be like a blink song or a newfound glory track that goes to it because that is part of the brand you know it's it's still part of it yeah um what are some of the i mean you, you kind of mentioned like bobby hundreds off the bat what are some of the other brands or artists that you kind of you're inspired by or you look up to uh, do you know what the, the what got me really into doing clothes back in the day uh, for the band and stuff was actually like Atticus clothing and famous oh, yeah. guys and straps. So I, I was a massive and still I'm a big Blink fan. Um, more so with Tom, but that's a separate debate uh, <laughs> altogether. Yeah. But you know, there's just that nostalgic thing when, when I put some of the Blink albums on. I was always a big Blink fan. So when I was in bands and had a little part time job, nine times out of ten, I'd go into Manchester on a Saturday 
and there was a shop that's no longer there called Exit that used to sell like Atticus clothing, Macbeth trainers, famous stars and straps. And I was buying stuff like every week. It was like the MySpace era. And it was just like, I'd be posting pictures every week of my new sort of Atticus purchases and stuff like that. Um, so I just always loved buying into the clothing. It's the reason why I have the brand name on the left sleeve because Atticus clothing used to always have the resting bird on the left sleeve. Um, so I think that was, again, that's still sort of one of the big things for me was always like the Asuka's clothing stuff. And I, I don't come into this sort of industry as this fashion guru by any stretch um, at all. But I've always just enjoyed putting meaningful messages and content onto T-shirts from doing bands um, and from following sort of bands that do the same, buying band T-shirts, looking at band T-shirts. I, I still go to an awful lot of shows these days um i don't necessarily buy t-shirts for myself but my daughter now comes to these shows with us because she's into the same music so she's always buy. i'm always buying t-shirts for her now um so it's just always been a, i think it's just come really as opposed to coming necessarily from fashion brands so to speak it's probably come more from music band merch i guess and yeah. obviously that sort of stemmed into some of those bands that launched their own brands as well yeah, I can kind of see that now. That makes sense. That it, it like all ties together. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's so, kind of why, why your brand like it is as well. Yeah, so it's not coming. I, I don't come at it from like a streetwear sort of connoisseur. I come at it more from I was in bands and bands sold merch. We sold T-shirts. We sold badges. We sold stickers. And some of the bands that I loved, they had their own clothing lines. And that's more my take from it, as opposed to it being, like I said coming from like going oh i was a big lover of like the hundreds or stoozy or whatever you know i know these brands exist but i just i didn't come at it from that background at all mine definitely came came more from the sort of the music side of things yeah it's really interesting there's not well i can't think of any like big uk clothing brands like that yeah yeah so it always seems to be america like all the ones that i kind of look up to are pretty much american or yeah, it's, there's not really been a, a UK one, which is odd. Yeah, but we, again, but we, we do have some alternative clothing brands that I guess are doing well. They probably just don't have, I mean, I know Hobo Jack, they have a store now, don't they? Um, in, I want to say, Brighton. Um, I know they've sort of got a store and a tattoo shop. Um, but I don't think many of the other bigger brands necessarily, they obviously have a unit to work from, but not many people have decided that high street presence is the way forward. Yeah, you're right. But then even like some of the big American brands, they don't have necessarily stores or whatever, but they're yeah, massive. True. And I like I found them through the internet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's not the same. I don't know if the culture's different here or what. But yeah, I think we have um, we have dips and dives, don't we? In in cultural changes quite dramatically, where pop punk, skate punk, and all that sort of punk rock culture in the states is something that just doesn't seem to disappear. Um, especially because yeah, like California and certain areas where over here, you know, you roll back to 2000 and, well, probably 2000 through to 2009, 2010, and, and live music was massive. You know, where did all them Britpop bands go that we had? Where did Razorlight go and the Kooks and all these bands that are still maybe around to some extent today, but they were like the festival bands left, right and centre. They were on the radio left, right and centre, and that sort of just over a 10-year period just disappeared and obviously my band was playing during that time and and we felt that you know we we weren't even a big band but we felt that live music 
just took a turn over you know over a, it just seemed to sort of just fade away a little bit and I, I, and then something else comes through and pops back on the scene and fashion changes again uh, and, and don't get me wrong there's still some you know diehard kids who are still into punk rock and, and that sort of culture but I think a lot of people in this in, in this country grow out of it I've got friends who no longer really associate to it and I'll they'll get in the car with me and I'll be still playing some like taking back Sunday classics and some Coheed and Cambria and they're sort of like oh I used to love this one but it's in the past tense it's I used to love this one no longer associate it as part of the culture now really but I still do so there's some people that I guess you know didn't sort of fall through the cracks and a lot of people just I guess the depressing thing is they grow up and grow out, grow out of it in a weird way um but and I guess that's more evident in this country where in, in the states you know you still get skateboarders who are you know 40 and 50 and still still rocking it and stuff it's more of a ingrained deeper i never even thought about it like that yeah i wonder if that's why their kind of fashion seems to be sticks around for longer is because that scene is still around so all these big like american brands or clothing ones that have come out that we sort of know of here is because it is still a, a scene there and there's that drive and demand for it whereas <laughs> yeah kind of goes away doesn't it yeah yeah because i remember when um we had this big sort of this new shopping arcade open called the grand arcade in 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 wigan and there was a volcom shop in there and i was like sick they're gonna sell some cool stuff and i went in and it was more like a department store for like other brands as well and none of the stock that they were selling had any sort of skate vibe in the slightest it was more like, it could have been more like Rockport and like going to shops like Scott's and stuff like that. It was more that type of vibe. And I was like, oh, this is not what I expected it to be. Um, so again, like you said, but band, brands like Dickies and Volcom and that sort of stuff that have been around forever, have been around forever, especially in America, because that, that scene is just there year on year on year. interesting <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so what are your thoughts on kind of like what's your goal for the end of this year uh goal for the end of next year and then your kind of ultimate goal for the brand yeah so i mean this year i think it's just been like you said focusing on getting things up and running um very much at the moment just aware that it's not necessarily about profit so to speak i just need to make sure that i'm making back what i put into it and if anything just getting the, as many clothes, like T-shirts and, and items out to people um, just so that they can actually see it. You know, I did the Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale, um, which is a bit of a profit killer, which, you know, isn't the, the best situation. But at the same time, if anyone's been sort of hovering over that buy now button, I'm hoping that they've then made a purchase just so they can actually get it and say, you know what, actually, this actually is good quality and this actually has been sort of hand-printed from someone at home and stuff and it comes with the bells and whistles, like the swing tags and the net labels and a cool little flyer with it and some stickers and I want them to experience it in the hope that, you know, what hasn't been necessarily a hugely profitable sale turns into people going, you know what, though, but I'm going to buy into this brand again because I like what they're doing and they've actually been able to see the quality of it. So that's my focus really for potentially the first year. So even if we have to run that up until July next year, you know, just focusing on getting people to sort of just buy into it and just, just check it out and, and, and see what it's all about and actually see the quality. And then hopefully, touch wood, if, if, if weddings go back to normal and I'm back to earning 
some money again because this year's been obviously that's been sort of out the window a little bit i would like to sort of invest in a bit more of the advertising because i'm well aware that organic sales are great um and obviously it's a lot of hustling sort of like contacting people and engaging with people in the same in the right audience to try and get them sales organically is great but eventually to try and get it, it out to more people this you know you've I've got to have to sort of put something into it in the hope that to see some growth so I think that's my plan more for next year um, as we sort of get to sort of summertime and around summertime is to try and maybe invest in a couple of little ads to try and just scale it a little bit more to more people uh, and then like you said the, the lifetime goal then is ideally to try and you know I'd love to create a store experience for people um if you read the hundreds book you'll you, it goes into quite a bit of that when they were launching their shops it became more about the customer experience as opposed to just the, the products in there um for me it's more about create i'd love to create a space for the for that punk rock culture to sort of thrive in where kids and adults and whoever can come together and they can skate and there's music on and there's like you know, yeah, you want it to be that cool little hangout, don't you? Yeah, you know, food for them to have, and they can order T-shirts, and they can see them getting made up, you know, and it just be cre- create a space like that. So when I was, you know, back in the music days again, um, there was a place called the Fuzzbox that opened in Wigan, just in an industrial space. And it was just a practice rooms, but it had like a pool table and like a, a little fridge, and a, you know, and all sorts of stuff like that. And bands would be in there regularly, you know, all the time because it was a place to hang out. So we'd be, even if we weren't practicing, there'd be times that we'd just pop down and go, oh, do you fancy going to the Fuzzbox for a couple of hours? And we'd just grab a Mackie's on the way down, sit in the, on the sofas, chat with the owners, chat with other bands. And it became, like you said, that, that idea of creating a scene and, and a community. And that's sort of what I would love to create if this was able to, you know, if it was able to scale it enough that you could have a unit to create a community space for people who are like-minded into the same things, then I'd love to do that. Even if you weren't selling loads of stuff from the shop itself in there, if you know, if you meant you were still fulfilling a lot of online orders, you could still do that from that space and that, but have things to be able to see in there and stuff. And I think that's what I'd love to do, is just create something like that. But it's all baby steps, you know. I would love to do some um, tattoo conventions next year or some sort of like comic con type of things, but take all the gear with me and actually be pressing people's t shirts there and then on the day for them so they can sort of see oh, how yeah, it's see how it's done and because obviously they come off a heat press they do come off hot so putting it into a pizza box and sliding it over a counter type of thing i'd love to do that because again it's all part of that experience for people and it'd be nice to sort of chat to them while you're making it and stuff like that so yeah that's what i'd like to try and do but obviously until until covid gives us some green lights and these events are able to to pick up again these are just sort of like pipe dream ideas for now (laughs) definitely are yeah feels like at the moment it's just kind of survive is the goal isn't it just yeah like yeah along, keep surviving see what happens. yeah yeah I, I describe it to people as like treading water that's sort of where i'm at at the moment i'm just sort of treading water obviously weddings aren't really going ahead so there's not tons of money moving around through that through that business because of weddings not happening i'm just moving work back from this year to next and then in some instances from next year back again um so i'm just sort of treading water you know pushing the t-shirts as best i can with the facilities that i have at hand but you know i'm enjoying it i, re- I do really enjoy it um it, it definitely feels I, I love shooting weddings it's a great day to be a part of but at the same time this has the cultural feel that i'm really into which i think is why i'm so passionate about trying to do it as well is because i do feel like it's 
it's almost like you're just finding your, your comfort zone with it because it's the right thing for me to be into. Yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't really got any more notes or any more questions. Yeah. I don't know if you've got anything that you wanted to chat about. Oh, I probably chewed people's ear off for long enough. <laughs> no, it's always really good. Like, I, I love doing these conversations with people because it's so interesting to hear like their history beforehand and kind of what they're thinking because a lot of the time I think I'm probably quite guilty of it as well that my about me section probably has like one or two sentences or I thought of like a couple of years ago and yeah. I've probably not touched it and it's the same for a lot of other brands they don't really do much of the personal side of it or just kind of updates I think I'd originally done like a blog and I updated that like once or twice a week and then I just kind of got rid of it because I was like no one really reads this yeah so, yeah I did the same <laughs> <laughs> I did the same. I said I said I'd post in like you know some band related news that if anything was just I'd you know seen it on other channels and bits and pieces. Ah, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna put it on my site because it's what I'm into. But like you said, I think if anything, I'm better doing that stuff through my Instagram um, stories and even not even being afraid to post it on the, on the feed. You know, just sort of like I, I did. I did one the other week where I asked people for music suggestions. And then I just did loads of stories but listening to the music that they suggested and was like, you know, if I liked it or not and what it reminded me of and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's probably where I'd go with it. And I'm using my stories as more of a blog, I guess. It's a behind-the-scenes blog as you go along. Yeah, I think it has to be. But like I said, that's, that's why I really enjoy this as well because it's kind of another side. Um I said to some of the other people that I've like spoken to, it'd be quite nice to like maybe next year to start revisiting some of the people that I've had on episodes before, and then try and do that as kind of like a almost once a year thing, like yeah. catch up with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's changed? What have you done? What yeah. you've tried that's worked? And kind of that stuff. It'd be nice to be um like the Joe Rogan of like I don't know of clubbing and stuff. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, it'd be great as well to even even for everyone to get together. You know, if there's any sort of. Uh, I believe there are some big sort of fashion expos where a lot of the brands and you know the, the blank manufacturers and bits and pieces all get together and stuff. It'd be cool for us all to say, well, let's all go on a Saturday and we'll we'll all go, you know, and meet up there and stuff and put names to faces properly that way as well. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. That was um, so yeah. Tom from Eight Bit Core said that, and then Joey from the North as well. I think it'd be quite nice to have like. Well, like you said, if you end up going to a convention, if we could get like a couple of us all there, and then we could just hang out and chat, and yeah, yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'd be nice for people to, to see that because I think that is something that the American brands do well as well. Yeah, they all kind of like jump on each other's stories, and you can see they have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, and it's not really competitive, whereas yeah. it's not the same for us. Yeah, and that seems to be a weird thing that we we Brits seem to adopt a lot of, even with even in the music scene. There's always there was always a lot of that, you know, where. You you sort of like kept your cards very close to your chest, where you know not telling someone the process of how you do it. It's like I could find out in a couple of clicks. You know, I know when something's screen printing. I know when someone's doing DTG or when, if they're using transfers. You know, it doesn't take much to find out. So, yeah, I, I'm quite an open book. If, if people ask about bits and pieces and stuff, I I don't mind sort of telling them the process I'm using and stuff. It's just obviously like. You've still got to do the work, you know. You still got to put the work in. It, I, what, I, what I'm telling you isn't nothing that I haven't found myself off the internet or off YouTube and stuff, you know. So I think that's what people forget, isn't it? That like it is genuinely hard. So like, I I prefer people to try it and fail because then it looks better if you actually keep going and then you succeed. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've got reminders set on my, I sort of set my alarm for certain times in the, in the day just to, just to make sure that I'm doing, you know, social media content for, for both my businesses now. You know, it's sort of making sure I've, I've scheduled some posts to go out at certain times or, you know, and uh, just engaging with, with followers or with new audiences and stuff like that. Like, I'm that sort of like, I don't even know the word for it. I guess it's sort of like robotic, really. But I will literally set those reminders to remind me just to go and put like 15 to 30 minutes in every day and try and, you know, generate some interest or engage with my audience that's already sort of there and stuff. Mm, that makes sense. I think it's a good tip to, to try or to try and push through because I think Instagram works in the way that, yeah, if you put more content up or you're inter- interacting with people or you're sharing stuff, you get better results. Yeah. So if you leave it for a couple of days and you don't really do anything and then you try and jump back on and then you're going to get demoralised because you're not going to get any reach yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're not going to go on it for a couple of days and it's a horrible cycle. So yeah. yeah, I think the alarm thing you're doing is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've literally on my desk in front of me right now using those little label makers. Um, I literally have the, 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 the phrase, if you stop pedalling, you stop moving. And that is literally what I've used since starting the wedding business is has always been my sort of mantra to sort of go off really and it's true you know if, if you stop pedaling you stop moving you, you can coast for so long but like you said if you stop posting content you, you're gonna eventually just stop moving and, and engagement will drop off and sales maybe drop off and you know the, the, the drive to do it may drop off you know you've just got to you've got to keep pedaling all the time um even if it's just little little bits at a time but it's just doing that little thing constantly you know and, and eventually you look back like you said over five months or whatever and you go oh god you know what i actually started off like selling a t-shirt a month and now i'm doing a t-shirt a day or uh, whichever it'll be you know it's um i think again the, the phrase of small steps lead to big places and things like that so it's just that idea of just constantly hustling with it and i think anyone who if that puts people off and the idea of doing that, then it's definitely not the industry for them to get into. Um, and maybe being running their own business isn't for them to get into, whether it's T-shirts or anything else, because you have literally got to put time into it, you know, a lot of time into it. And that was when I was doing, starting the wedding business and working in retail, you know, I was taking my laptop to work with me. And on my lunch breaks, I'd be editing pictures because I knew that I'm going to have to do more when I get home. I'd get up early before work and do an hour of editing before work and stuff because I was trying to grow something while working. And it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, I think people have just got to, if they want to do it, then they've got to be prepared to put the work in. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise that. I've seen a lot recently of the, I think it's the, um, the like quotes or memes or whatever, the like success overnight. <laughs> and then you look and they do the whole, actually it's taken like 10 years to be a success overnight. You don't see the whole yeah. side of it. You just go, oh, I noticed that brand like yesterday and now they're massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't realise yeah. all the work and yeah. all the errors and all, everything that goes to with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, there's, like I said before, there's the odd person who gets that golden ticket, but that's that's like winning the lottery, you know. No, no one's winning the lottery. Like none of you know, seeing people are winning the lottery kind of constantly. You know, you've literally... It is a look of the draw, and there's one sometimes the one lucky winner that gets that that break nice and easy without having to do as much. But for the most part, the, the you know the, the realism is that you've got to put that work in, and it's a lot of work. But I think that's all part of the enjoyment as well. You know, when you get them sales, you know, like when I got a I got a handful of sales over Black Friday weekend, and it's nothing to you know, it's not gonna 
buy me a yacht by any means, don't get me wrong, but it was nice to see that people were actually buying and that me, you know, messaging and putting ads out and, and posting content out and trying to drum up some interest and it actually worked, you know, it didn't, but like I said, I, I didn't sell tons and tons and tons of stuff, but I sold probably a little bit more than I expected to sell and that's, that's a little win. You know, and the fact that anyone bought anything at all is always a win. You know, when you when you're so new to the game, so yeah. Mm, definitely, I know it makes my day. Like if I've done a full shift at work and I like check my phone, I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. You see, there's like an order or two, and you're like, this is brilliant. This is another step closer to me not having to work like full time for somebody else. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. So yeah, did you have any other thoughts or things you wanted to talk about? Oh man, I think I'm. I'm all talked out, I think. No, I think I could uh, wrap it up there for people. And obviously, if anyone has any questions, they can send them through to you or send them through to me. And like you said, I think we both seem to be on the same page of that we're happy to chat with people and stuff. And I think that's, you know, like you said, building that brand community um, within the UK and, and trying to maybe do a bit more together and stuff. I feel like we're definitely getting there. So it's been quite nice that every episode I've done, I've actually been quite lucky and i've chatted to someone that's been really good or had the same kind of views so it does feel like we're like slowly kind of building that little community yeah. of brand owners or artists or, or whatever that are a bit more engaging and a bit more friendly and want the same things ultimately and they're not going to screw people over so yeah 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 it's been yeah. good cool well, yeah. thanks for uh coming on and chatting with me like i said we'll have to do it again and yeah like, yeah, yeah. next year or something and just kind of have a catch up and see yeah. how things are going absolutely Sounds Perfect. good to me. Awesome. Right. Right. Take care, man. Yeah, cheers, buddy.